Buenos dias from the Springs. This is the Rorschach Argentina update from the 1st of September 2022. A quick summary of what's going down in Argentina. Tensions soared this week after Cristina Fernandez de Kirchner's trial for alleged corruption. Supporters from all over the country took to the streets for demonstrations, including a group outside her home in Buenos Aires City. There, some supporters breached police barricades prompting strong reactions from the officers on site. At least four people were arrested, and many ended up injured by the police's tear gas and water cannons. Human rights organizations in the country later condemned the repression. The vice president addressed supporters from her home with a speech warning the security forces not to return to the past in reference to the dictatorship days, and accusing the opposition of wanting to exterminate peronismo, the political movement she subscribes to. Meanwhile, demonstrators flooded Plaza de Macho on Tuesday the 30th after the Minister of Economy, Sergio Massa, announced a series of adjustments in the current budget of the Education, Health, and Territorial Development Ministries. Representatives of NGOs and friends and family of people with disabilities demonstrated in front of Casa Rosada to protest against the cuts in subsidies, as it will affect those who need assistance the most. In truth, the economy ministry doesn't know where to start, saving to pay off the increasing debt. In the last 12 months, the national debt has grown by a monthly average of $3 billion, and the infamous issue with the IMF is not even the biggest one. In the upcoming weeks, though, Sergio Massa will be paying a visit to the United States to once again renegotiate the terms of the debt, which the government had signed in March, with the International Monetary Fund. Speaking of Massa, the economy ministry is planning to introduce a new exchange rate for freelancers. The reality is many of those who work in the knowledge economy and IT sectors earn salaries from overseas, and they do all they can to keep their salaries out of reach of the country's tax authorities, because if they don't, they would lose more than 50% of their earnings, as taxes are high and the official exchange rate is very low. Exchanging dollars at the official rate would only give them about 140 pesos per dollar, whereas the various parallel options fluctuate between 250 and 300 pesos. So freelancers often resort to bringing foreign currency into the country for exchange on the black market, or through cryptocurrency. Now, the economy ministry is looking to encourage these professionals to bring these dollars into the system by introducing tax relief measures and a beneficial exchange rate. This plan falls in line with a measure adopted two months ago by the central bank, allowing these freelancers to receive up to 12,000 U.S. dollars in bank accounts without having to be cashed in at the official exchange rate. This is a clear priority for the ministry as they also plan to launch the relaunch the Argentina Programa plan to train at least 70,000 new programmers in the next year. On that note about bringing freelancers back into the system, there's the issue of informal labor that the government also needs to tackle. On Tuesday the 30th, the executive announced that social welfare recipients will be able to continue 
to receive their handouts for a year after starting a formal payroll job. Why? Because many workers fear they will lose their social benefits if they have a formal job, so they'd rather stick to informal, all-cash labor. Back to the dollar issue for a minute. The currency crisis is threatening one of the most important elements in Buenos Aires culture, coffee. In tightening restrictions on imports and protecting dollar reserves, coffee importers are having issues bringing their products into the country, which could lead to a coffee becoming a scarce commodity. Also to protect reserves, the government is analyzing changes in the $200 monthly cap on currency purchases through the official channels. To be specific, the central bank is considering banning the purchase of the $200 per month that those who have requested to remain in the energy subsidies. In turn, it is possible that the restriction will be lifted for those who receive the ATP, which was an emergency aid that many people got during the worst period of the COVID lockdowns. Speaking of COVID-19, Argentina is finally lifting the affidavit requirement for tourists. It will no longer be necessary to fill it out to enter or leave the country. Proof of international medical insurance won't be required either. On that note about traveling, Buenos Aires is starting to dismantle the low-cost Palomar Airport. Buenos Aires' third hub was employed by low-cost carriers such as Flybondi and JetSmart between 2018 and 2020, but after two years of being closed due to the COVID-19 pandemic, it seems that it doesn't make sense to keep it. Fly Monday flights were already transferred to Ezeiza International Airport. The Palomar Airport was briefly authorized to operate commercial services by the Mauricio Macri administration. Also on the topic of transportation, we may need low-cost taxi companies too. In September, taxi fares will increase 30%, followed by another 20% in November. The minimum fare will go from 140 pesos to 225 during the day, about 80 cents of the dollar, and from 170 pesos to 250 during the night, about one U.S. dollar. This partially stems from petrol increases. The state oil company, Ipefe, raised its petrol prices by almost 9% and its diesel prices by 6% last week. Luckily, bus companies in Buenos Aires' metropolitan area will once again provide night service. After weeks of partial strike, the Ministry of Transportation presented a payment schedule to normalize the debt of approximately 11 billion pesos, around $80 million, and frequencies will be normalized. In other news, the World Cup fever is starting to be felt across the country. On Monday the 29th, Adidas unveiled the Argentine kit, which will include a purple away jersey that sparked controversy. As the national team and the general manager of Adidas in Argentina explained, the color was inspired by the fight for gender equality, which is usually represented by purple. However, many felt it was a case of pinkwashing, as football is one of the most misogynistic sports in Argentine society. In addition to a clear lack of female representation and funding for women's football, the national football teams currently have active players 
who are on trial for gender violence. Moving on to a different sport, scientists in Argentina are carrying out pioneering studies on long-term brain injuries affecting rugby players, some 140 former players aged between 35 and 75 are participating in the investigation, which contemplates a neurocognitive evaluation every two years. The study covers patients who have played in different positions, and so far there hasn't been evidence that demonstrates that playing in a certain position increases the risk of having a brain injury. If you're more into arts than sports, there's a new exhibition in Buenos Aires City that might interest you. The Malba Modern Art Museum recently inaugurated an exhibition featuring art from Frida Kahlo, including the renowned Diego y Yo painting. The piece, which is valued at about $35 million, was purchased by the Argentine businessman and co-founder of the Malba Museum, Eduardo Constantini. It's the highest-priced Latin American artwork ever sold at auction. That's it for this week. Thanks for joining us. We did our part, and now we want your opinion. Did we get things right? Did we miss something? Tell us at argentina at rorschach.com. Nos vemos la próxima semana.